0: Welcome to Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast, a series of interviews and monologues featuring the leaders of the at-home child care industry created to elevate agencies, caregivers, and the families they serve. Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast is here to provide you with the child care industry best practices to be clear, concise, and
1: immediately applicable. Here is the host, Danny J. Nanny, author, speaker, and creator of the Next Step System for Agencies. Hi, and welcome to Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast. I'm your host, Dan J. Nanny, and I just went to the dentist. As always, this episode is powered by the Next Step system for agencies, families, and caregivers, activating and engaging caregivers with ongoing career development to lower recruiting costs, reduce labor loss, create loyalty, build caregiver communities, and make higher quality placements faster. Aside from sharing that I just went to the dentist and I am slightly numb, I am also honored to share with you my conversation with Samantha Vahi, elite nanny and friend of mine. This conversation is important because we hit upon the question I used to ask myself all the time. What is the difference between me and a nanny that makes $100,000 a year? And there are nannies that make $100,000 a year. In this episode, we talk about the importance of community and advocating for yourself as a nanny. After the conversation, I will share with you Vahi's three action steps that you can take and you can visit nannyabcscom blog and find the companion blog to this episode and the action steps as well. For now, to the conversation. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us on the Nanny ABC's Next Step podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. I was wondering, uh, how did you get into Nannying? Like, how did you very first start?
0: I was actually born and raised in South Africa. um, And when I graduated high school, my parents uh, said to me, you can either go off to college and use the money we save for college or you can travel the world. And I decided to travel the world. And ended up upstate New York at a university for students with learning disabilities um, where I really discovered like a passion for working with um, with children
1: yeah
0: and it really influenced my choice in going back to school and choosing to study child psychology and education. Um, I taught for a year and decided that it wasn't for me and fell into the world of being a nanny because I needed a career or a field path where my degrees that I had studied for um, were actually going to help me. I think that you really need to know what you want. You're going to have to talk to other nannies.
1: I know it is really important as a nanny to understand what it is that you're jumping into as a position. And when you first are starting out, you have no idea what's out there because I think a lot of people think it's like babysitting, Is there any way to know what are some of the things that you realized best supported you as you started out?
0: I think that every family's needs are different. And I think that there's no one size fits all for a nanny job. Um, You're going to go from a family that needs you to drive versus a family that has a driver. Um, And I think that that's a lack of, you know, there's a lack of community, I think as, as nannies where we can't openly discuss issues that we're having.
1: I know that you talk to a lot of nannies in New York. So is there a way that you get them to open up or there's their questions that they generally ask that you're like, oh, that's not as hard as you're thinking. You just do this.
0: Yeah, I definitely had a lot of conversations with uh, other nannies about issues that they're having. And I think that one of the reoccurring issues that keeps coming up is just, not knowing how to advocate for themselves or how to discuss with their employers things that are bothering them. I think too often we feel as nannies that we have to be perfect and know how to cook and know how to diaper correctly. But we wear so many hats every day that it's impossible to know everything that needs to be covered. Um, And I think that if nannies just open up to their employers a little bit more about issues that they were struggling with, that might make the job a lot easier. Uh, we all struggle to ask for
1: help. So Yeah, sorry. How do you start? How did you start uh, asking for help?
0: You know, even having been a nanny for 16 years, I'm still learning how to advocate for myself. And it's not easy to have to ask for help. Um, I very much am the type of nanny that whether all three kids need to be in three different places at the same time, I'm not going to say that's impossible. And it wasn't until I realized um, that I could rely on my employees and I could say, look, there's just absolutely no way that this is going to happen, that it got easier. But also the original original nervousness of opening up to them and saying, hey, this is not something that's going to happen. And once you do it one time, it becomes a whole lot easier. And it also allows your employers to check in with you, I found. Once I started saying this is an impossible task for me to do, my employees would actually check in with me and say, this is what the schedule is like today. How do you need us to help you? I yeah. think a lot of times that maybe they don't realize that we need the support that we do.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of the direction of what a family is thinking comes from the nanny themselves. Just like at any other job where you're like, oh, this is like a lot of work or I'm not sure if I'm doing this correctly. It's, it's definitely weirder in the nanny situation because you come in feeling like you might be the authority on childcare, and the parents might also have that viewpoint and while you totally might be that doesn't mean you're like the authority on everything and I still ask people how they want stuff done so like the first one of the first things I do when I start working with a family is I ask them like how do they want their clothes folded if that's a part of like what I'm doing And it seems like a throwaway or a crazy thing to ask, but you'll realize if you've worked for more than one family, that people fold their clothes differently. Those small little things add up. It can be jarring if one day you open up your drawer and everything is folded totally differently. So like, you just like ask general questions. I take like a lot of pictures of things around the house. So I know like where their settings are and stuff. Are there any like, I don't know, small tips around uh, doing a better job for people? people
0: don't understand what an intimate relationship working as a nanny is. You're going into somebody's house every day, you know, which speaks to your point of folding laundry. You're in someone's personal house, personal space. You see a lot, you hear a lot of things that you maybe don't necessarily want to hear. Um, and that can be really challenging, uh, especially when it comes to raising somebody else's children. And I think like one of The most important things that I've learned as being a nanny is to really just respect the parents' um, boundaries and really just respect their parenting. Um, At the end of the day, while you may not necessarily agree with everything that they want to do or the discipline strategies that they're choosing to implement, these are their children. um, And they are ultimately going to be the decision maker on how children are disciplined or what they're eating for dinner that night.
1: I think transparency is a big key of that. This is how I handled this situation today. I don't know how, if you wanted me to handle that differently. There's a part of accepting what being a nanny really is. And that is really hard for people. So like you said, the you hear things, you see things. That's just part of what this is. So when you find it embarrassing, you go, oh, that's part of the job. It doesn't have to be embarrassing. Right or like shielding in any way you can just be like oh that's part of the job i'm gonna hear embarrassing things i'm gonna see things people don't want me to see i'm gonna see the the best sides and the worst sides of these people and that's just part of the job and it doesn't have to be i feel uncomfortable right now you just go that's part of it like i can handle this like
0: there's a huge amount of trust that goes along with this job not any trust to see every aspect of a family that you maybe necessarily wouldn't see if you were just a family friend, but also in, you know, trust of taking care of children and making the right choice in the right moment. Like you were talking about going to the park. I've been with my employees for seven years at this point, they trust me to make what, whatever judgment call I make is going to be the right one is the one that's going to be supported. But I know that going into a family as a new nanny, you do have to build up that level of trust to get to a point where they um, are allowing you to make the choices and take the lead. You can Google search what an RN makes. You can Google search what a rocket scientist makes. You cannot Google search what a nanny makes, only because there's so much diversity. How many children do you have? What responsibilities are you going to have? And a lot of times I see nannies turning to social media to ask questions on social media about how we should negotiate contract. What should I be charging for this many children? And while I appreciate the fact that we have a community on social media, I'm not necessarily sure that these are the people that we should be turning to. We need a set of resources that can help us with Everyday nanny questions to really complex nanny questions. How do we negotiate a contract? How do I know which family to pick? Um, And so I'd really like if there was like some sort of set of resources for nannies that could really just get rid of um, this need to ask who are not necessarily, you know, the people we should be asking.
1: I totally agree with you. There's, um, You're kind of like really close to this subject that I think about a lot. I thought a lot about as I was starting. And I was like, what is the difference between me and a nanny that makes $100,000 a year? It took me a while to figure out that uh, the answer was really like nothing. I think a lot of it is like opportunity, basically, (laughs) of like, this family needs a nanny at this point and can afford to pay you that much. There's not like a secret thing or there's not necessarily like knowledge that somebody has that you don't have. Um, Is that what you found or like, was there something like, I don't know. I thought about that a lot when I was starting out.
0: I found in New York city, like everybody thinks New York city is such a big city, but it's actually really quite small when it comes to the nanny world. Everybody knows everybody. And I think a lot of the more, high net worth families that are in the city are going on referrals from either nannies they've met outside of school who are looking to change careers uh, or, you know, change houses, houses that they work in. Um, It's very word of mouth, I think, to get like the higher end, you know, higher net worth family jobs. I don't think that there's any difference between me versus you or what my degree is or it's just an opportunity situation when the opportunity presents itself.
1: How do you get like into the community? So for me, I didn't realize how many nannies were on LinkedIn, which to me is a bizarre place for a nanny to be, but there's so many of them on there. And the, the cool part to me about that is that nannies that are on LinkedIn are actually, uh, I might, people might not like it if I say this, but act more professional than nannies that are simply on Facebook. And if I was going to ask questions to nannies, I would definitely friend some or connect with them on LinkedIn and ask them, like, how do they do things? I mean, you know, it's it's hard to start a relationship like that, but I found LinkedIn, which is a place that I've never been on before until like two months ago, uh, a, a wonderful resource. And it's
0: most of my nanny friends who I've made through you know, the years, I've met at the parks, I I feel like, and it goes back to that whole sense of community. um, There's a lack of community uh, when it comes to social media. I think when you meet a nanny in the park and you actually can start to talk to them, people tend to open up that way. I I don't feel like we're um, showing our full potential as a community on social media.
1: It's hard. Dude. It's not like centralized. I wish there was like a building we all came out of, like had coffee in the morning together. Like And like, you know, you like see someone and you're like, I'm heading off to the office, but that's really somebody's house. There's just nothing like that.
0: Which brings up another thing. I, I think that coronavirus has like put us in the spotlight. You went from reading articles about like arrogant nannies and, to now reading articles about, you know, nannies, you know, save my household during coronavirus. Um, so we think that we're in a really, really interesting place as far as, you know, the whole nanny career. People are starting to acknowledge what we do and recognize the hard work that we put in. I think prior to coronavirus, people just thought that we were sitting around and watching kids play with toys, which is not the case at all because there's so much more to what goes into raising somebody else's
1: children. Is there things that a nine-to-five nanny should know about if they're going to make that leap? Is there like mindsets that you have?
0: Yeah, nothing in your life is ever going to go smoothly. Uh, You can make plans and your bosses will laugh at you and make you cancel them. Um, You really have to put your employer and your charges' lives first. It was interesting. It was definitely a big change for me to go from, you know, working upstate New York, um, nine to five, to this. Um, and still, people don't understand why I do it, but there's something, I don't know, I really love my job. I love what I do, and, and I wouldn't change anything.
1: Well, this, is, this has been fantastic talking with you. Thanks for doing this. Thank
0: you so much for letting me come on your podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Samantha Vahi, elite nanny, extraordinaire. As always, here is where our podcast becomes immediately actionable. And it, Samantha would encourage all listeners who want to either make a change in their current situation or who are in the process of negotiating a new contract to follow these action steps. One, know your worth. Understanding your worth is difficult, especially in this seemingly secretive industry. Talk to your friends, join groups, find people on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I have found to be a wealth of knowledge. Those nannies are super professional. The serious thing is when it comes to why does a nanny earn $100,000 a year, it's partly because of two things. One is opportunity. If a family can pay a lot, they will pay more. Two, the work-life balance. If you want to go home and enjoy your weekends, then you're not going to be a nanny that earns in that crazy amount of money. You can earn a really great amount of money still, but when it comes to the craziness of nannying and the, the buco bucks, that comes from giving up a lot of your life. The more you give up, the more you earn. Not necessarily 100% of the time, but that is a go-to rule. You know, there's exceptions to every rule, but that is the rule. And how do you find out if that is right for you? Well, make a list. What are the things you can do? What do you want to do? and what are you willing to learn? Two, gather information. Speak to other nannies about what tasks they are required to do, what hours they work, what their compensation is, and compare that to your list. Three, have a plan. It's true, children grow up and sometimes your nanny services are no longer needed. Part of having a plan would be keeping that dialogue open, your principles, and seeing what the future is. How long do they need you? Like when you're applying to a new position, That should be one of your questions. How long is this position available? How long would my services be needed as a nanny? Of course, that would mean other things you would need to get in order, like a financial plan. And for that, I would start by listening to episode number five, an unscary guide to finance with Warren Berger, who specializes in that. He is a financial advisor for nannies specifically. And low-key, shout-out to Warren. Hey, buddy. Like always, thank you for listening. Subscribe, share, give us a like, give us a comment if this podcast has been helpful for you. And join us next week on the Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast, where I will have not just come back from the dentist. I'll do my best to not crack another filling. Hey, don't eat too many sweets. Uh, If only I could go back in time and tell that to my little self.
0: If you would like to work directly with Nanny ABC's or add Next Step to your agency, go to nannyabcs.com to find out more and connect.